Hello, this is Reverend Erechim. I'm glad to come to you through this medium. As you listen to the word of God today, I pray that you will be impacted, your life will be transformed, and you experience God. Kingdom blessings. Tonight is going to be something. Tell somebody it's going to be something. Yeah. So I'm preaching on the, the Zebulun anointing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that you speak to us in the name of Jesus. We decree and declare that tonight you release an anointing upon our lives. That we shall be skillful in warfare. And win every battle that we are facing. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Someone says Zebulon anointing. The anointing of Zebulon is a spiritual inheritance that God gave the sons of, which was the tenth son of Jacob. Even when Jacob was getting old and was about to die, his spirit could see the grace on the Zebulon anointing. So in Genesis chapter 49, verse 13, Genesis chapter 49, verse 13, Zebulon shall dwell by the sea, and it shall be heaven of sheep, and the border adjoining Sidium. And Zebulon, the Bible says here that there were men who were expect. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 33, the Bible says, Of Zebulun were 50,000 who went out to war, expert in war, with all manner of weapons, stout hearted, and they kept their ranks. In the days of Deborah, it was a Zebulun who risked his life, who was Deborah, to be able to deal with Sisera. So they were stout-hearted people. When I say someone is stout-hearted, told me that, yes, sir, you are going to have a strong heart to fight people in the streets. But spiritually, you are stout-hearted. You don't take no for an answer. When you get, you get into the spirit, you are a strong man. Stout-hearted. You cannot be a believer who runs away from battle. The Bible said they were expert in war. And they were stout-hearted. And the Bible said they kept their ranks. And one of the key things is that no matter how anointed you are, you must know your rank. You must know your rank. There are dimensions you don't get into. Let me just share something with you. I was listening to Bishop Theodore Bismarck. Years ago, he said he went to an island which was a um, um, normally have this um, a, a bishop. I could be able to understand what I'm talking. The island that they open banks that you don't pay um, uh, offshore banks, and he went to an island like that. I mean, listen, listen to me very well. Listen to me very well. And all the pastors listen to me. All the leaders listen to me. So when he went to that night for the service, he was preaching. And he saw a personality wearing a garment with gold coins on it. So that night he prayed. 
Because apparently the pastor there, I want you to understand rank in the spirit. The pastor there was struggling with finances. Then when he prayed that night, the church, it was a breakthrough in the service. Then the next day, the same personality appeared to him. And the Lord said, you have no rank to deal with that thing. Move on. Do you know the person who dealt with Diana? It was not Paul. It was John the Baptist. I don't want to go into some spiritual warfare tonight. It was John the Baptist. No, it was John the, Re- John the Revelator, rather. Not John the Baptist. John the Revelator. Because she was the closest to. So the Diana, the Diana prince over Ephesus was dealt by John the Revelator. Paul, when they dealt with the first level of warfare, dealt with the second level of warfare, changed the economic situation of the city, but he couldn't deal with the thing until John was sent. And the Bible says when John was there, he spoke, and the, the whole thing crashed. Know your rank in the spirit. Know your rank. So the Bible said they could keep their ranks. So one thing is that sometimes you can be anointed by God for warfare but know your limits of warfare that you don't cross boundaries when it comes to authority. Because God will not give you anything you cannot handle. But when it comes to authority because there are ranks in the spirit. I'm on air, but I don't want to talk about it. One day we were flying with the Totabel. We go to Zambia. They said the plane's wing will not open. I just left. I told the gentleman by me that the prophecy over his life is bigger than mine. The plane, the plane will. So me, I just left. I slept. Within five minutes, we landed. Rest in God. Oh, some of you worry too much. Rest in God. Rest in God. You must rest in God. That's why when you are connected to a house, an apostolic house, rest in God. I don't know what I'm talking about. Some of you are so restless. You are roaming here. You are going to that prayer meeting. I I won't stop you. But rest in God. Sometimes in the morning before I wake up, people send me all kinds of links from prayer, prayer um, uh, links. I say, uh, my pastor, you send me prayer link. As if I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> so the Bible said they could keep their ranks. And the tribe of Zebulon were known for seafaring and marine strategists, shipping and trading business. So one of the things about the tribe of Zebulon was that the tribe of Zebulon were financial magnets. The symbol of the tribe of Zebulon is either a boat or a ship. And the tribe of Zebulon operated with the tribe of Issachar. So when Issachar discovers that there's a warfare strategy, whether on the land, whether on the sea, they call Zebulon. The Bible says here that 
they were expert in all weapons of warfare. Now, it does not talk about, and I want to use like the American seals as an example. The tribe of Zebulun were people that you can give them any weapon, even one jackknife, and they can kill a whole community. They were experts. And as a Christian, you must be expert in warfare. You must be expert in warfare. Is somebody hear me tonight? You must be expert in warfare. You must not be a Christian who just prays anyhow. You must know the dynamics of prayer. You know the, what to use at the right time. The key to unlock doors when it is shut. Is somebody hearing me tonight? Like I said, they kept their ranks. Know your rank. They were courageous and strong-hearted. You can't be a, a, a believer that you have a dream that you saw yourself in a coffin, then the whole day you are lame. Hey! Hey! Ka! Ka! Hey! Hey! Early morning, fasting day top, I go fire. Hey, some of you have that dream. Oh, pastor, I had a dream and I was in a coffin. Hey! 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 hey. No. You must rise. You must be stout-hearted. Some say stout-hearted. Yeah, you must have a strong heart. Because in this world, let me tell you something. You must be stout-hearted. How do you say it in Akan? Akuma, Jideni Patapa. That's what I call it. Jideni Patapa. Hey! There are some things you have to be Patapa. <laughs> Am I speaking to somebody here this morning, this evening? And they were experts in using weapons of war. So you give those guys any sword, you give them anything. But now we don't carry swords to war. We don't carry um, uh, knives to war. But we have weapons available. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they are mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. So in the scriptures, we have offensive weapons and defensive weapons which every believer must know. It may sound very basic, but it's the truth. When you go into a military soldier's park, they have several things for survival. Not only one. They have several things packed. That, those packed, you see this American people carry a lot. They become like double themselves. And everything to survive anywhere is in that pack. And that is how the word of that, how God has created, given us. So number one is the word of God. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17. And the word of, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So if you are going to win battles in the now, as a Zebulon tribe, it is not Papa Yesu, Papa Yesu. It is, you quoting scripture. Ah, Kalatasata. 
The scripture is very important. So reading your Bible and studying your Bible, knowing the word, the, your word must be rich. So when the enemy throws something against you, you have a scripture for it. Am I speaking to somebody here? Oh, can you put some 140 verse 7 on the screen for me? I remember now. One day I was going through something. Oh, oh, the Lord, the strength of my salvation. You covered my head in the day of battle. I was fighting a battle and I had to remember that scripture I had read. Is it a scripture? It just came to my mind right now. You covered my day, my head in the day of battle. So scripture, that's your tool. Not a prophet praying for you. Mm. One of the greatest tools of the... I remember that scripture. And I was going through a very... And sometimes... Let me say something. Ask all the pastors here. All of you. Let's be honest. Having to waking up one morning, you felt as if something's happening to you. You might lose your life. We are not super human beings. The same problem you face, we face. I'll, I'll be frank with you. So that day I woke up in the morning. And I was praying. Then he said, I am the Lord who covered your head. Because if your head is cut, you are finished. But if I didn't know the scripture, and I started confessing the scripture for three weeks, you are the one who covered my head in the day of battle. You are the one covered in my head in the day of battle. You are the one who protects me. You are the one who covers me. You are my salvation. You must have a way of making battle as a Zebulon tribe person. So scripture is very important. The word of God. In those days, it was short. It was arrow. How skillful you are. But today, as a Zebulon tribe person, you must know scriptures. And let's go back to the scriptures. Let's go back to the scriptures. Ah, me, I have stood on a Bible. <laughs> God have mercy on my, my ignorance and my faith that time. I stood on the Bible, say, stand on the word. <laughs> forgive me, oh God. God, forgive me. Let me watch streaming. Me watch me, me watch me. Oh, me watch me where? Me watch me pa. Me watch me pa. Me watch me. I'm talking. No, I was no, I was struggling. And I said, God, if they say this is what, then he quoted a scripture: the trial of your faith. First Peter also, which is more precious than gold, must be tried. Then after that, you receive the results. Okay, I, I, I okay. Okay, that means that you are trying my feet. Someone say the word. word. Number two, worship. Tonight something's going to explode in this place. King Jehoshaphat was minding his business. He was prospering. 
Then a coloration of nations came against him. And sometimes in your life, in your office, in your family, people who disagree will agree against you. Mm. Oh no, you don't, you, you are not, if you are not, then you are not in this earth. Those who quarrel among themselves will agree against you. I'm not talking about somebody being paranoid. Don't, I'm not talking about paranoia. But there are people who gather against you. Like Jehoshaphat. So the Bible says that in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, he gave me a strategy as to how to win the battle. Now, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 22 to 23, now when they began to sing and praise the Lord, the Lord set ambush against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. Three nations against one nation. And when he came against Judah, just a small tribe, they were defeated. For the people of Ammon stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir and utterly killed them and destroyed them. And when they had made an end to the inhabitants of Seir, they also destroyed one another. Worship is one of the most powerful tools you can use in warfare. It's a sword. That is why sometimes I have a problem with church members who come to church when worship is over. I'm not, I'm not joking. This thing is not... Hey! 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 Because any time we get into worship, one thing that got up is that when a church has an open heavens like make the grace of God, when there's strong worship, angels visit as a gateway yes, and they go into the community. Yes, Some of you came to church not because somebody witnessed to you, but you came because you just felt like coming to church here. Yeah. You didn't come because an angel directed you here. Yeah. I'm not joking. Worship. And there are battles that you can only fight in your worship. Don't be a Christian who doesn't worship. I'm not talking about church worship 20 minutes, 25 minutes because of time management, but be a worshiper because worship is an attitude of the heart than an attitude of the voice. Me, I am not a singer. My, sometimes the key, keyboardists begin to look for my, my key. They, they, but I am a worshiper. I'm a worshiper. If you sit in my car, you hear worship. Once in a while, I'll play other genres of music. Now I don't tell you. <laughs> but you hear all kinds of genres of music. Worship. And the Bible says that when they began to worship. So worship is a condition of the heart. Be a worshiper. There are battles. I was telling somebody the other day. That, look, some of you, when you are fighting battles, eh, don't sit in your chair. When we are worshiping, don't come and cover this altar area. Look for that side. Go and kneel down there and pray. And as you worship, you send confusion into your enemies. Don't you see me do it? Haven't you seen me do it? Anytime you see me go to the altar, it means I'm, I'm dealing with something. Haven't you seen haven't you, all of you? Haven't you seen me? Haven't you seen me? Then I go there just because I want to go for fun. Yes, 
And you must be a worshiper. And sometimes you must carry an offering. In my book, Kingdom Culture, sometimes there are battles you are fighting you cannot fight. That's what Frank, I told Frank and the wife to do on Sunday. You saw them at the altar on Sunday. Because there are battles they are fighting, which is not their battle. But carry an offering and in the midst of worship, go and sacrifice it. The Bible says that an Israel came to Samuel and said that, pray for us. And Samuel said, I will not pray for you this time. But this time, bring a suckling lamb. And the Bible said, when he was sacrificing the suckling lamb, the Lord turned against the enemies of Israel that they never ever came against Israel in the days of you must understand prophetic keys. Am I speaking to somebody? Number three, the name of Jesus. Just digress that way, but Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 to 11. The name of Jesus is so powerful. Therefore, God has also exalted his name which, and given him a name above every name that at the mention of every name every knee shall bow of those who are in heaven and those on earth and those who are under the earth that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Lord. Can I tell you something? This name Jesus we have eh? don't joke with it. Don't joke with it. That name Jesus. This name Jesus. That is why if you watch some circles, you can preach that you believe in God. But as soon as they say Jesus, they don't like you. (laughs) I don't know if you get what I'm saying. As soon as you mention Jesus, they don't like you. If you say God, okay. But Jesus Christ, I was listening to um, Bishop Oye de Pope. He said there was a testimony that they had that somebody drowned in the, in the, in the, in the, in the lake. And the guy shouted and said, Jesus Christ, save me. And so see, a hand was holding him for several hours till a boat came to save him. The name Jesus. That is why satanic forces tremble when we mention it. That does not mean to when you see a cockroach, Jesus. <laughs> you see a mouse, Jesus, no. But you mention the name when you are in, you're in difficulties. That in the name of Jesus, this yoke must break. This door must open. This favor must come. This grace must be released in the name of Jesus. You are a Christian, confess the name of Jesus. Never hide what you believe in in your office. Tell them that I believe in Jesus. Many people, as soon as you say Jesus, they are angry with you. They say you shouldn't preach in that name because that name is so powerful. 
And the Bible says, at the mention of that name, every knee, cancer must bow. Unemployment must bow. Sickness must bow. Any demonic assignment against you must bow. I decree and declare over your life that at the mention of the name of Jesus, anything that assaults his name against the knowledge of God in your life must bow. The name Jesus. Never forget that name. People just don't like that name because it affects them. Witches cannot hear it. The Bible said the devil hears and he trembles. Mention that name. Mention with authority. Number. Yes, I want to make sure you're attracting with me. I know it's number four. It's here, number four. Mm-hmm. It's fasting. One of the tools that God has given us to do warfare is fasting. Isaiah 58 verse 6. Like I told you, the Zebulon tribe, I'm not talking about taking a spear, taking a knife, and going to chase anybody. No, 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 no. Is it not the fast that I've chosen that I will lose the bone, Isaiah 58 verse 6, that I will lose the bone of wickedness and undo the heaven burdens that the oppressed may go free, that you break every yoke. There are some yokes in your life it can only break by fasting and prayer. So Matthew chapter 17 verse 21 21 says that however this goes out except by prayer and fasting. So as a believer you must in this house we fast every Friday as our culture because that's what the Lord did on our heart. But you must have a fasted life. You don't need Pastor Eric to announce a fast to you. You are going for an interview and you are eating. And you hear that the shortlisting is about 200 people. I, oh, wow. You can't just go like that. You have to fast and pray. And fasting is very critical for any believer. There are battles you fight that it can only come by fasting and prayer. We have done 40 days of fasting. We do fasting every Friday. We are going to do fasting October for 14 days. And we do fasting 21 days now in January. But sometimes there are things you are dealing with. You must fast. You must fast yourself. You must decide. And the fasting just helps you to concentrate yourself and focus on God. God does not need your fast to answer your prayer. But your fasting helps you to be accurate. Your fasting helps you to be sharp in the spirit. So when God is downloading things to you, I, th- I was telling somebody that me, I'm a Christian, that I am not paranoid. Me, I don't, I'm not paranoid. Like every time I'm walking around, somebody wants to do something to me. Me, no, you lie bad. I live my life free. That's the rest we have in God. But there are times that you are fighting battles that... 
you just have to say this one let me fast from 6 to 12 before I go for that meeting and God let me pray accurately He said to lose the bond of weakness. So one thing that fasting does is that it gives you an ability even to lose the bond of weakness in your bloodline. In your bloodline. Because if God wants to visit you, he starts from you and your family. Every time God visits a man, he does not visit him alone, but he visits him and his generation. May God cause our generations after us Never struggle like we have struggled. Amen. Amen. And Friday night, there'll be an anointing service. Don't sit in the house with your children. Bring them. Let oil touch your forehead. Let them walk without oil in their forehead. It may be oil, but it is destiny. Somebody get blessed tonight. Number five. Our word of testimony is our truth. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. You see, testimony, your word of testimony, is you confessing the word of God, even if it does not happen in your life. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. What are you confessing? In the year of gathering, what are you confessing? Testimony. And I remember a man of God described faith. He said, if God could do it for somebody in the, like Hannah, he can do it for me. If God gave somebody three places in the church, he can do it. That's, that's faith, simple. Testimony. Your word of your testimony. So you must always confess what God has done. Your word of testimony. Because the enemy will tell you, this decision you have taken, you think it will work out. Because the major place, if you go, go and read the book, I dealt with a lot, I didn't want to touch on that, on the strongholds of the mind. Because our battleground is the mind. So what you confess? What you listen to? Tell God what is happening around you. Today I'm living on somebody's veranda, but tomorrow I know that I'm moving into my own house. Number six, Thanksgiving. Very important tool for warfare. Ephesians, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall guard your hearts through Jesus Christ. One of the dangerous things the enemy makes you to lose your battle is to be saddled with discontentment. 
And God, I pray that by June I'll get married. No man has showed up. So God, I'm angry with you. Nahugushin. And yeah, sometimes we come to a point that we are not appreciative of what God has done for us. And thanksgiving is very, very important. It's a powerful tool. Anytime you, I always say that when you, you give thanks, your tank will be full. Don't be a Christian who mummies. Your case is better than somebody who. Hey! Your case. And sometimes we can come to a point where when you come to church, lift up your hands, you're angry with God. Mm, I was waiting for a contract this week. You didn't answer me. Me cry. I just came to church just to come to church. No. Have a thankful heart. And one of the things I noticed about thanksgiving is that when you thank God, the peace of God floods your heart. Let's not be unthankful people. So I've shared on the weapons that God has given us at the tribe of Zebulon. And uh, when you go to the book, I shared other things inside. But we must understand warfare and, and be able to do warfare. That is why it's very important that I spoke about discernment because the discernment is connected to warfare. So that when you understand what you are dealing with, you can now do the pre- proper prayer and know how to deal with it. So discernment ushers you into warfare so that you don't miss target. Me, I don't miss target too. I'm a sharpshooter. Oh, yeah, I'm a sharpshooter. <laughs> I'm a sharpshooter. I'm a sharpshooter. Sharp By the grace of God. Let's rise up on our feet.